0: Welcome to the CannaCuck Podcast. We hope you'll be encouraged to have an I'm Third approach as you navigate family, leadership, and spiritual growth. If you're new to our conversation, welcome. It's so great to have you. Let's jump in.
1: Welcome to the CannaCuck Podcast. My name is Shay Robbins, and I'm here with my teammate, co-host, and local trout dip chef, Joe White.
2: Shay, I'm so excited to be with you today. I can't <laughs> wait to introduce our guest to you today. What'd you call me, by the way? I called you a local trout dip chef. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. That's like phenomenal intro. <laughs> I was so excited about Trish being on this podcast. I missed this. I am that. I'm a tr- I love fishing and I love making trout dip. Thank you. Yes, you, you, you do. Shea. I've had it. Joe it's is such delightful. a passionate drought. Wow, that's is hard to
1: say. (laughs) Local trout dip chef expert. You could come over to his house, be allergic to trout, and you'd still walk away having ate some. Thank you. That man, uh, he whips it up. So pretty fun. Every every episode, I just like to educate the people about (laughs) Joe White and the many facets of his awesomeness. Oh, yeah. Amen. All right. So, Coach, we're talking about Transcendent Mission today. Actually, I had to go look up Transcendent because I wasn't completely confident that I could define it. Here is what I found on the interwebs. Excellent, supreme, great, rises above the rest. Here's another one. Beyond or above the range of normal or merely physical human experience. Here's a scripture that, that speaks to it. 2 Timothy 2.4 says, No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier." So Joe and I were talking the other day about, you know, when you're around somebody who is so passionate about the Lord and they have a clear mission that they're on, they live with such purpose and intention that they can rise above a lot of the the temptations, a lot of the emotional drags, a lot of the things that are discouraging, in life and they just continue to push forward and it's such an inspiration to be around those people and and we really believe that that everybody can be on a transcendent mission and that perhaps the fullness of life in Christ is lived that way that's how we achieve it, to be on the same mission that Jesus was on and to get to experience that fullness of life. And so that's what we're here to talk about today. And Joe, we brought in
2: a special friend oh boy. to speak into the topic. Did oh we not? Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm misty-eyed, Shay. If if there's ever been the greatest boost ever to the mission of Canica, it's Trish. This woman is just amazing she's the director of our women's directors and she's also the director hands-on of k2 our teenage two-week and four-week camp she's a dynamic person she wins with love everybody loves trish because she wins with love she's a passionate coach coached my daughters in volleyball years ago i was blown away by the way she coached girls, young women. I went into one of her classrooms to see how she taught, loved kids that no one else wanted to teach. That was her specialty. was kids that other teachers just couldn't deal with. They put them in Tricia's class. That was her favorite. And she was fabulous with those kids. Maybe Ta- that's
1: why you've been working here so long, <laughs> right?
2: <laughs> and then raised her own. She had three wonderful children that she did a fabulous job. One of them's a water patrolman. That's her daughter, about, you know, five foot and about it. That's it. And she's <laughs> out there, you know, pulling you over, so she drive your boat well out there on Lake we'll the Ozarks. And then two sons, two fabulous young men as well, that are both coaches, baseball coaches on transcendent missions themselves. But Trish teaches us how to be motivated around here. She does it as well as anybody. She does it with love. Mm-hmm. Thank you.
1: I would also like to add, Trish, that not only is Joe a trout dip expert, you are the expert of the seven-layer Trish dip. It's famous for it.
0: Yes, I am. (laughs) It's the neighborhood food of choice.
1: That's right. Whenever we have a party, we need to call Trish. Get that Trish dip going. (laughs) So fun. Well, thank you for being here with us, Trish.
0: Oh, gosh, it's such an honor and humbling all at the same time. Super fun to be with two of my favorite people that I get
1: to be with. So thank you. No kidding. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the significance of a transcendent mission in somebody's life. How does it affect their priorities, their productivity, their focus, their use of time? Trish, speak into that a little bit.
0: I am a firm believer. I I was raised by my dad to always set goals. And you don't just set a goal in your mind. You write your goals out. You come up with a plan because they're 80% more able to be achieved when they're written down. And I think without a doubt, as a believer, we have one purpose, and that's to be a disciple maker for the Lord. God created every single one of us. Whether we choose to follow Him or not, He still created us with the purpose of knowing Him, loving Him, and expanding the kingdom of heaven. Mm. So as we think about what we're doing, hands down, every decision we make needs to be filtered through that lens of... Is what I'm doing right now bringing people to the kingdom? Am I loving people well? Does it align with my personal mission statement and my gift sets and values of what I know the Lord has called and equipped me to do?
1: Mm. Okay, you did a great job of helping us define that that mission. And I'd love to ask a follow-up question both to you and Joe. So so what does that look like in, in the life of a businessman or a businesswoman or a kid you know, going to school in the 10th grade, how does that apply to different avenues of life?
2: A stone that's rolling down a river doesn't gather moss. A car that's speeding down a highway doesn't gather dust. And uh, a coach or a businessman or a businesswoman or a mom or dad or student who's discipling men or discipling women— who's chasing Jesus with all of their heart and bringing people with them along the way, they don't tend to get into sinful habits in their life. They are chasing the Lord with such joy and passion and purpose that they they, they tend to run free from sin in their lives. Uh, We have students, Shay who are out there on mission. We've got a number of high school kids at K-2 that in the wintertime, they're doing camp back in their schools. They're, they're doing things with other kids spiritually like we're doing with them in the summertime, and those kids don't get into trouble because they've got a mission. They've got a calling in their life, and it's so great and so exciting in their life that they don't have time to get off into, you know, habits with substances and pornography and, and other worthless habits in their life. Because even as 14-year-olds and 15-year-olds, they've learned what it means to be on mission.
0: I agree with that. I remember when I was teaching and coaching, I was in a public school, and I remember there were lots of— potential for lawsuits, because as an English teacher, I often taught Christian literature. I taught C.S. Lewis. As a coach, I was having Bible studies with my athletes. As a teacher with my students who struggled academically to learn, I would pull them over to my house and cook meals and share the gospel in roundabout ways with them. And I have two mottos in life that I think everyone can adopt, whether you are in the business world or doing ministry. One is leave someone better than you found them. Mm. When we have the heartbeat of—one of my life mottos is Ephesians 4, 1 through 3, and it's it starts with walking a man a worthy of being called his child. And you do that with humility and patience and perseverance. And so as I— do my life, whether it was as an educator or in the camp world, I want to adopt those things with the people that I'm surrounded by. So even in the secular world, how we lead our own lives, whether we are directly imparting the gospel or leading by our integrity and walking in a manner worthy of the calling that we've been given, something that looks so different, I think that's what will set you apart in the workforce. The other life mindset that I have is I want to be unoffendable. So one of the things you talked about in that definition was rising above. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes, especially as women, we can get so caught up in the here and now. We become very easily offended by someone who doesn't agree with us or by a correction. And I think as we learn to live life on this transcendent mission, we get to be unoffendable because the gospel covers all that we should be offended with. We don't have to worry about the things of the world.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow, that's powerful, Trish. I want to personalize this a little bit, and I'm very curious for both of your answers because as long as I've known you, I'm not sure the answer to this question. So what was the shift in, in both of your lives personally when mission took over? When did that happen for you, Joe?
2: My first job was down at Texas A&M coaching the uh, Aggie football team. I just fell in love with those players. I had the second team defense. You know, they were the guys that were kind of getting overlooked, if you will. They, they weren't the, you know, big hefty five-star All-Americans, but they were great kids. And I just loved pouring into their lives. And then we started a, a Young Life club in our in my high school, I grew up in, in College Station. And oh my goodness, I still have memories of kids walking down the hall that I knew were lost. They were spiritually lost and they were lost, lost. And they were lost in everything they did. They were doing, you know, things that were really harmful to their lives. And they just broke my heart. I can still remember some of their faces. I was just heartbroken for those kids. And I wanted them to know Christ so well. Because I knew if we could get on mission with Jesus with those kids, that they would get out of the bars and out of the parties and out of the drinking and other you know stuff that they were chasing uh, that was going to rip their life to shreds. And Shay, I've never lost that. All the all the of the K two and three and they're all built really on the shoulders of those lost kids hmm. in College Station uh, and Consolidated High School.
1: Follow up uh, question: How? You know, based on that experience, how did it change your life and the way you oh went goodness. about your my business?
2: Goodness. Yeah, it's it's still to this day. I'll see a kid and I'll figure out a way, if I can, to build some kind of a, a Bible study around him or get him in a small group or, you know, get him to camp somehow, you know, whether it's, you know, scholarship or free whatever it takes to find a way to get involved in that kid's life and get him Get him on a you know, walk in with Jesus. You know, the three of us work with high school kids, Shay, Trish, and Joe. And we see Christ changing kids' lives every single day, almost every hour at camp. And we see their, you know, them shedding all of their baggage at the cross. And we see how great it is to see those kids run to the bell to ring the bell. To announce to themselves and their cabin mates that they have made a commitment to follow christ and shay we know you and nutrition and i know that their lives are going to be different and that puts us on mission not just in the summertime that puts us on mission from the time we wake up till the time we go to bed seven days a week we can't get off mission but don't want to hey listeners shay robbins here if you're enjoying the podcast we'd like to
1: personally ask you to subscribe rate and review the podcast. With your help, we can continue to reach more listeners. We're excited to hear from you. Please send questions to our team for a special audience Q&A recording in the future. Additionally, we're also interested to hear your suggestions for guests and topics. Send your questions and suggestions to podcast at canicuck.com. And now, back to the show. Trish, same question for you. When, When did your life mission take over?
0: You know, Shay, you've been around me enough to know how important my mom and dad are and have been in my spiritual development and just my character development as a woman of the Lord. I'm so grateful for the way that they raised me. They were tough and yet loving and always pointed me back to the Lord. They trained me to be dependent on God, not on them. And I, just so many things that I have taken as a wife and as a parent and as a camp director, even with our campers. But I can remember a moment in high school. I was very black and white. I didn't drink. I didn't smoke. I Whatever was asked of me, I did it. That's my personality by nature. And my dad actually said to me one day, he said, I know you have a heart for the lost. You have a heart for Jesus. Hmm. And if you stay so like unrelenting to not let anybody in your world who does things you don't agree with, you will never win hearts for the kingdom. And I was a sophomore in high school. So I was like, wow, my dad's telling me to reach out to people who make different choices than I made in life. And my best friend and I, her name was Dawn. We had a conversation one day, and I said, do you know Jesus? And we both knew that moment. Both of us knew Jesus, and I said, we need to make changes in this high school for the kingdom. Hmm. And she ended up the next week getting killed in a car wreck. Oh, wow. Uh, a drunk driver ran a four-way stoplight and killed her immediately. And That was a change for me that was like, what am I going to do with offering people hope? That was as a high school student. And then I think when I really—the passion is burning. Joe talked about this. People ask me, why are you still doing this? Like, you're getting old. Why are you doing this? And I'm like, (laughs) I am so passionate to leave people better than I found them, to share the gospel— In love to go, I I don't really—what you're choosing to do doesn't bother me Mm. as much as what you don't know. Right. So I'm just passionate to share the gospel with these kids, and that's why I keep doing what I'm doing. It's just from the time I was coaching until now, it just is a burning— desire in my heart that people know their value, their worth, and what God has called them to do while they're on this earth for this short time. I'm going to end with this. Francis Chan did this sermon one day where he talked about uh, the end of a rope, and he had this massive rope. And on the end of it, he had about an inch long that was covered with red tape. And he said, this inch here signifies your time on this earth.
1: Mm -hmm. And the
0: rest of that rope—and it went on Mm -hmm.
1: forever—signifies
0: eternity. And what happens to us is we get caught up in this inch of life, what is happening in our life right now. And we should be focused on the rest of this rope, eternity. And that has stuck with me since I heard that a few years ago as well, just how do I get people to help focus on that which really matters, which is eternity, kingdom, doesn't matter necessarily on this earth. Mm -hmm. What matters is what we're doing for the kingdom.
1: I want to run down a rabbit trail here for a second. Amazing, Trish, to think about, in retrospect, just a horrific loss in Mm -hmm. your life. Mm -hmm. I mean, a horrific tragedy. And yet we quote the Bible verse that God uses all things to work together for good for those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. And you see how he's used a massive loss in your life mm-hmm. for great purpose now for decades. Yes. In your mission. I mean, how radical is that? How encouraging is that?
0: Yeah. I have goosebumps just hearing you say that because mm. of the conversations that have ensued from that tragedy.
1: Wow. Joe, I want you to talk about that a little bit a lot of times a lot of the kids and young people that we work with and even you know ministering to people at church and rubbing elbows with friends for those that that are seemingly aimless or not sure how to to live on purpose how would you how would you counsel them to take some of the hardships their life in or in their life and and allow god to transform them into weapons
2: yeah shay it's A great question. I am confident that when the Lord made you, when He wove you in your mother's womb, when He fearfully and wonderfully made you, listener, whoever you are, uh, that He had in mind your mission. And not only did He have you in mind to be His adopted, not only did He have in mind that He would be your father forever and ever, He had in mind for you to partner with him in being part of his uh, kingdom-building process. Uh, he, he states in uh, 2 Peter 3, verse 9, and in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 and 4, that he wants all to come to repentance. He doesn't want any to perish, and he wants you as his partner in that mission that's that's a really cool thing mm. <laughs> that's a great thing for Jesus to ask you to to be his uh, assistant coach if you will and so he also says that our wounds are our greatest allies paul said in uh 2 Corinthians 12 uh 9, 10 11, a great passage i'll re- I'll, re- I'll rejoice i'll boast about my afflictions because the weaker I am, the stronger I am. The more I die, uh, 2 Corinthians 4 says, the more he lives. And so as, you know, for me, they chopped off legs and, you know, <laughs> done a lot of other things uh, that people would say would be very hurtful and harmful. Well, they've been the greatest things in the world. They really have. Uh, running around in prosthetics, I, I get a chance to sit down with anybody and visit about anything uh, that's hurtful and sad, uh, because I just walk in there with you know with goofed up legs, and and automatically my wounds become my greatest assets. So I can relate to hurting people, mm-hmm. and so for others out there that are hurting, uh, he says the one who made you, the one who designed you, he said that in First Second Corinthians one four, he says. That that wound will be your backstage pass, if you will, to another person with the same wound. You're just beginning probably your ministry right now if there's something that's hurting you or has hurt you with folks that are going through the same pain that you're going through. And let me tell you, you know, after going through leukemia and prostate cancer and a lot of other different wounds in my life, thankfully, that your ministry is beginning with your first trip to the hospital, with your first chemo trip, your your ministry's beginning with chemo. When your husband or wife walks out the door, your ministry's beginning with other folks who've gone through the same pain.
1: Trish and Joe, thank you so much for speaking in that. So encouraging. You know that God can take that which is our greatest sadness, and he, he can turn it into joy. I'm thankful for that. I want to ask you guys a question. I think it's a really important one. The deceiver is always working to draw us off mission one way or another. And I think one thing that is common when we're living on mission is that something that was originally done out of passion and love can become, can fall into a religious mindset where we're working to do things from a works-based mindset trying to do all the things right and stop doing all the things wrong. And and so my question for you is is how do you avoid falling into that trap?
0: Wow, that's that's a really hard one for me because I am a people pleaser by nature. I'm black and white. I'm I would do the right thing. That's just my nature. So if I knew that someone would be disappointed with an outcome, I'm going to overwork or try to manipulate a situation. And honestly, it wasn't until I was 45 and lost, walked through a divorce and lost that and felt like I had actually failed, according to the world's eyes for the first time, that I, I personally started getting a healthy handle on, who I am in the Lord's eyes versus carrying as much weight of what man thought about me. Mm -hmm. God judges the motives of my heart. God knows my intentions. When I get to stand before my maker, that's what he's going to look at. He's going to look at my motives and the way I've loved people and spoke truth into the lives of those that don't know it or do know it, and spurred them on. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's a, it's who I surround myself with. It's having great accountability. 1 Corinthians 15, just talks about, show me your friends, I'll show you your future type of mindset. Those that you surround yourself with are either going to lift you up or pull you down. And so for those listening, gosh, plug in. Know your maker. He's great to wrestle through those hard topics. Mm. In Romans 8 28, the end of that talks about us getting to surrender our things to Him, our hurts, our wounds. And then we get to just watch Him move those things in ways that we will never understand, but for kingdom work. And so for me, I just. It's who I surround myself with and making sure that I have great accountability in my life. I'm spending time with my maker so that I know that his voice resounds most Mm -hmm. heavily in my heart over Joe's, over yours, even over my husband's, Mm -hmm. who's a close second. But I cannot even let Jason's voice weigh more than what I know the Lord is calling me to do. Mm -hmm. And that's a... That's a ebb and a flow that I constantly have to surrender, you know, in humility all the time with.
2: Shay, you know what's so neat about the Lord? He's so good. He asked all of us to go make disciples. He was the last word to, to the ones he loved the most. Just go make disciples. He didn't say go start churches, although that's good for those that are doing that. He yes, they say, go build camps, although that's good for those that are doing that. Yes, he did say, go coach teams in Christian schools, although those that are doing that, that's a good thing. He just says to all of us, our listeners today and every other Christ follower, just, just go make disciples. And you know what? They're everywhere. Folks who need you to mentor them, to take them for a Bible study, to commit to a year of walking them along in the Word— they're they're literally right next door to your house. They're they're in your room in college. They're your sweet mates in college. Some people listening will will have a dozen, and some they're listening will have, you know, a big crowd. But everybody's got one, and so from this podcast, every listener can be on a transcendent mission like now, just by praying that God will help you find just one lost, struggling believer and say, would you allow me to just spend some time with you? And, and maybe we could open the word together. I'll buy the coffee and I'll buy the McDonald's. And could we spend time together? And all of a sudden, your own mission. And Shay, it will become not a duty. It will not become something that will make you feel puffed up. It will become, as it says in Hebrews chapter 12 about Jesus, the joy set before you, as it was with Jesus, the joy set before him. He endured the cross. He was on mission, and it brought him great joy. It becomes what the psychologists call your intrinsic motivation of your life, and it is so good, folks, that it will become the joy of your life.
1: Well, I think that's the perfect place to stop. Trish, thank you so much for joining us. What a beautiful conversation. And I want to thank you, our listening audience, for sharing your time with us today. We hope that today's conversation serves to fuel your I'm Third approach to family, leadership, and spiritual growth. And with that, I'd love to pray for you. Father, we come to you today, and we just thank you for every one of our listeners. And we pray, God, that you would stir up their spirits and and put them on mission. If, if they're already on mission, I pray that they'd be encouraged, that they're heading the right direction. I want to pray that we could be effective ministers, disciple makers, heralds of the gospel, that we could be a blessing to our mechanic, our waitress, the person we're standing in line next to, that we just set out with an eternal perspective on a daily basis, Lord, and that your spirit would guide us into great adventures. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: We hope today's conversation left you encouraged, strengthened, and empowered. If you haven't had a chance, please subscribe to our podcast today to stay up to date with the latest episodes. If this podcast has helped you in any way, please consider rating us, writing a review, or sharing it with others so we can continue to build you up with an I'm Third approach to family, leadership, and spiritual growth. For more information about the podcast, visit canicuckpodcast.com. And for more information about Canacuk, you can visit canacuk.com.